it was kind of scary. I'm 18, you know, I've never been away from home and now I'm suddenly almost 3,000 miles away. I was so lonely that I was trying to Google ways to like, how could I get out of the Navy quicker? Mm. You know, I was just really, I just remember being really sad. Sure enough, I would say that's when it really, in other words, shit hit the fan. Like that's when I really just started like plummeting down, you know, dealing with the toxic environment, the toxic leadership, being overworked, you know, so you have no time to yourself and you're just constantly working. And apart from that, you're dealing with toxic leadership, people being in your face and yelling like you, someone could only take so much. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Self-Awareness Podcast, where we share mental health journeys from all different types of backgrounds. I'm your host, Alicia Aguilar, and today we have the opportunity to interview Jason Lua. He is pursuing his boxing career, he is a Navy veteran, and he is also a father. Throughout this episode, he's going to walk us through the key transitional habits that helped him overcome a dark point in his life and ultimately lose over 100 pounds. I can't wait to share his physical and mental health journey. So let's go ahead and get right into the episode. Hey, everybody, we're here with Jason today, and I'm so excited to hear his story and just to get into his journey of physical and mental health. So Jason, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, obviously, my name's Jason, and I grew up born and raised here in Grand Island, Nebraska. I have two wonderful kids right now, and one just turned three last week, and the other one is turning five in October. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a little bit about me. I like, you know, I was in the Navy for five years and really, really enjoy the sport of boxing, everything that comes with it, watching it, uh, talking about it, just the whole nine yards. There's so many directions that we can start off with. Your Navy career, your boxing experience, and being a father also is another category. One of the first questions that we normally ask is, do you ever remember being exposed to any like mental health challenges amongst your family or like in your environment growing up? This can also be outside of your immediate home or something you were exposed to on TV or just um, out in public or anything like that? Um. I guess I would have to go with yes. Um, professionally seen, like as far as like say my parents or anybody that I know, like like actually like getting diagnosed, no. But now that I'm older and when I look back to you know when I was younger, and I would definitely say, yeah, like you know I've I seen especially with my my mother, um, she dealt with anxiety. I mean, she still deals with anxiety and she's not really like a social person. Like I said, growing up, that kind of, I mean, I saw it, but I never really knew like, I guess, how to identify it or what to call it even. But as I'm older now and giving my own experiences, I now know what that is. So yeah, I mean, ultimately, yes, professionally, no, is what I would, would say. Thank you for sharing that. And I think a lot of us can relate to when we're younger, being exposed to certain uh, issues of mental health or uh, someone around us, even close to us, experiencing um, symptoms of anxiety, depression, anything along those lines. But we're so young and 
we don't really even understand uh, the symptoms of it or that there's actually a name for it. So there's no connection in between what we're seeing and, you know, being around and actually putting it into words. Um, looking back at it now, do you think that affected any of the way that you like thought about situations where she may have been more like anxious or things that you may have done to try to comfort her or just better understand like what's going on? Uh, yeah. Looking back at it now, there's a lot, I mean, I could have done, you know, or we all could have done as, I guess, as a whole to really help each other with, you know, dealing with like anxiety and, you know, stuff like that. But I guess to kind of like piggyback off of that is, I mean, I grew up, you know, in a Mexican household and a lot of times they don't really believe in like stuff like that, what it, what it is to like mental health and you know, they kind of just want to brush it off. They don't really understand, you know, and I think that's kind of what it didn't help, you know, coming from like a background like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, now, like I said, that I'm older, I mean, I understand it, you know, and it's so much that we all could have done. I could have been there, you know, we could have all kind of helped each other out, but I was young, you know, a lot of times she would want me to go and she would be too anxious or too shy to go and ask for help, you know, like say just at a grocery store, just, you yeah. know, simply walking up to someone and like asking for directions or something. And as a kid, that bothered me because I'd be like, oh, she wants me to do everything. Like, oh, now I got to do this. But again, now that I'm older and given that I've experienced stuff like that as well, you know, it makes me think like, I guess like I could have been more understanding. No, I don't try to push that too much on myself because I know I was, I was young. I was a kid. I didn't know what any of that meant. You know, I didn't know what it was to be anxious or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, such a great example of showing how she was having symptoms of social anxiety. I wasn't feeling comfortable even speaking to others. Uh, some, social anxiety is something I've struggled with. Also, and having a twin, I know what it's like to have somebody go speak to someone for you and just yeah. uh, relieve that stress that uh, just may feel too overwhelming at the time. But like you said, looking back, maybe talking about why she was afraid to do something may have helped you feel more comfortable and understanding and willing to do something like that uh, rather than maybe even creating a belief that now I have to do everything because these are things that she doesn't like to do, which I think can happen in a lot of um, close relationships, like you said, with you and your mother and like me and my twin, uh, mm -hmm. probably with couples and partners and things like that. So right. thank you for sharing that. Such a great example of how communication and that skill can help relieve tension in simple situations like that. Another thing I would like to get into, because I'm sure you've had many more interesting situations when you joined the Navy. Yeah. Um, so can you just walk us through that, like the beginning of what kind of things you felt or, you know, you're meeting all these new people and authoritative figures and you're kind of trying to figure out what the heck is going on here. Right. Uh, can you walk us through that? Yeah, um, it's a lot there. I mean, I joined the Navy right out of high school. I had never been away from home, you know, and I w was always one of those, I feel like it's kind of everybody, 
you know, they just kind of so in a rush to get out of where they're from. You know, I really wanted to get out of Grand Island and just get away from everything, start fresh, not knowing, you know, like the real world and how it really can be. So I left, you know, July uh, 2016. And I mean, boot camp was really, it taught me a lot about myself. And I mean, I'm sure you can, you could attest to that as well. You know, it, it's a whole, it's an experience. And I got out of there with a new mindset, you know, and I was just kind of ready to face the world. I was just ready. And when I first got to my duty station in, in Virginia, I guess was alone for the first time, really, because I mean, in boot camp, you're not really alone. But, you know, I got flown out to uh, there in Norfolk. You know, I got checked in and then they showed me where my barracks was and they shut the door and that was it. You know, I was for the weekend, I was just by myself and I just remember just looking around empty room. You know, I had my phone, I can text and, you know, stuff like that. But it's just not the same as to being able to just call up a friend or, you know, my brother or something like, hey, let's go do this. You know, like I knew no one. And for the first time, I was like really by myself. And it was kind of scary. I'm 18, you know, I've never been away from home. And now I'm suddenly almost 3,000 miles away. So I realized that I was really starting to deal with stuff once it came down to uh, Christmas time. Christmas time, um, everyone was taking leave. You know, everyone was around with their families. And I wasn't. I was stuck there. And again, I was still by myself. I hadn't made any friends, you know, and I was just stuck seeing everyone celebrate Christmas and, you know, just everyone was all together. And there I am in the room by myself. And mm -hmm. I would still say like one of the loneliest times I've ever felt, you know, I remember even then, like, I was so lonely that I was trying to Google ways to like, how could I get out of the Navy quicker? Mm -hmm. You know, I was just really, I just remember being really sad and just wishing I could be there with everybody. Once I got through that, everything else kind of seemed a little easier. I mean, I was in for five years, so I missed a lot of my birthdays. I didn't really celebrate. And even still to this day, I don't really celebrate my birthday just because I got so accustomed to that. Yeah. But again, like you said, with like dealing with authority figures, that was different too. I guess that was another feeling of being stuck because, you know, you're under a contract. You can't really... It's not like a regular job. You can't like just one day just wake up and like, you know what? I just want to quit. Like, yeah. I don't, this job is not for me. Like, you can't do that. You know, like, unfortunately you can't. And that was over the years, that was really challenging for me because uh, I dealt with a really, really toxic um, environment where I was at, you know, and then even before I got my orders to the ship. When I would tell people, like, because after a while, I did make friends. And once I got my orders to the ship, once I would tell people, like, yeah, I got orders to this ship. Oh, which ship is it? Oh, you know, they'd be like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, they yeah. heard stories about my ship. So I was like, okay. I just kind of just brushed it off. Like, I'll be okay. You know, and uh, sure enough, I would say that's when it really, in other words, shit hit the fan. Like, that's when I really just started, like, plummeting down. You know, dealing with the the toxic environment, the toxic leadership, being overworked, 
you know, I was I was a CS, so I was up from four thirty in the morning, and I wouldn't get off till about eight p.m. And this oh was a lot of times they'd have us working uh, twelve and twos, mm -hmm. so we'd be working twelve days straight and with two days off, from four thirty in the morning all the way till eight p.m. You know, so you have no time to yourself, and you're just constantly working. And apart from that, you're dealing with toxic leadership, people being in your face and yelling. Like you, someone could only take so much. Yeah. You know. And with, I mean, with that, after, you know, I, I dealt with it for so long. And then I had my daughter back in um, 2018. And that's when I could handle so much for me. But once I started dealing with, you know, like my family or my daughter, once I started affecting them, that's when it really hit me more. But I missed my daughter's birth because I was stuck on a ship and they wouldn't let me go. There was, you know, times where, you know, the place where I was staying at in Virginia, uh, it wasn't the greatest neighborhood, but again, like I said, um, I'd be stuck at work. And there was one time where I was at work and my wife, she texted me like, Hey, I think someone's trying to like come in the house. They keep trying to like pick the locks and, you know, and it was really scary. So when I seen that text, I rushed down and I remember telling my, uh, my CS1 at the time, I told him, I was like, Hey, like I showed him the text. I'm like, I have to go. It was about like seven in the morning, eight in the morning or so. Yeah. I'm like, Hey man, like I have an, a family emergency. Like I showed him the text and everything that I have to go. And his response was, well, your inconvenience is not mine. Like you have to work. What? And yeah. <laughs> and, and to this day, like when I tell that story, like it makes my blood boil. Like, I, yeah. like just even then I blew up, like, I, I remember telling him, like, what do you mean? Like, I'm showing him the text. He's like, well, like, you have to work, yada, yada, yada. And I remember just, it, it turned into a yelling match right there on the Mestex. And I just went down to um, to the birthing. Went yeah. down to the birthings and I grabbed my stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm leaving. Like, I'll face the consequences later. But, mm -hmm. you know, like, my daughter is there. Like, she's a newborn. And my wife is there. Like, I, I, I'm leaving. You know, like. You can do whatever you want to me, but once it came to, you know, family, that's something I'm really big on. So uh, I remember leaving and I guess he had work, you know, go down to my my uh, division officer, my suppo. And I'm walking down, you know, away from the ship to my car and my suppo ran into me. He's like, hey, what's going on? And I remember telling him the same thing and. I can't remember exact his exact words, but his but his along the line was like, "Well, next time, just make sure, you know, she can handle it herself or something like that." And I remember what? blowing up, yes, and I remember blowing up on him and walking <gasps> away. And now I, I remember just being so mad and just just crying, just going to my car. I'm like, you oh know, oh my god, that's where. Right now. Yeah, it got it was bad, you know, and. And like I said, you can't really get away from that. You're under a contract and it's like, there's, there's no way. Once that happened, I told her, I mean, you know what? Like I'm away from home too much and, you know, we're constantly going on our way and, you know, their neighborhood is not that great. So for her safety, for my kid's safety, I sent her back to Nebraska, you know, put her on a plane. I'm like, you guys got to come back, you know, and she was here with her family and, Again, that's where I started. I was by myself once again, but this time it was different because 
I mean, I have a daughter now. That sucked. That That's for, again, it started going really bad for me. One of the ways I really dealt with everything was I was just stuff my face. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way I really, like, knew. I'm like, I, I would try working out. And I remember my anxiety got so bad that I would pull up to the gym and be in the parking lot and sit there for 10, 15 minutes and then just drive back. Like I, I'm, you know, my anxiety would get the best of me and I wouldn't want even, I wouldn't want people to see me. Yeah. And so I would just go home, eat, stuff my face and again, repeat the next day, go to work and constantly over and over and over again, just stuffing my face every day up until it just got too much. It was way too much. Hey guys, it's Alicia here, and I want to tell you about a platform that I absolutely love. It provides online counselors, therapists, but most of all, it connects you with volunteer listeners for free. This platform is called Seven Cups of Tea. Whenever I feel stressed and I need someone to validate my feelings, I know I can go to this platform because first of all, it's free, and second of all, it's anonymous. You don't have to use your name, you just go online, create an account for free, get connected with the listener. I love this tool and I can't wait to share it with you guys. I hope you get the chance to use it too. Thank you so much for listening and let's get back into the show. Yeah, I hear you. And thank you so much for sharing that and being so vulnerable with um, sharing your emotions that came up during that time frame and especially sharing those stories uh going back on that i think one of the first things i can relate to and i think that's not talked about enough is when you move into a a new environment especially with the military it takes a while to make friends and i think that's just not talked about enough like yeah you're around people like you said you're obviously working a lot uh even when you get started you quickly get into this routine of you're always at work, so you're always surrounded by people. But that doesn't always, like, translate to your social life. So it's, like, a lot of military personnel also hang out with people they work with. But if that's not the case, then it's really hard to even start meeting people after um, you've joined a new station. And thank you for sharing like those times where another thing I can also relate to is feeling stuck. Also, when I was in Virginia, my sister and my other roommates were all working at a restaurant. And I would mm-hmm. just remember coming home and I'd be like, oh, it's just like, you know, long day, had to get all this stuff done because your responsibility weighs yep. once you, uh, the longer you're in the Navy in this service. And just remember thinking like exactly what you said, like you guys can leave your job. You can literally walk out and that's nothing's going to happen. I'm like, I will literally like go to jail (laughs) if I walk away. And I'm like, that's such like a frustrating feeling of Mm -hmm. having that certain type of control, especially when you start getting into um, the type of leadership you are exposed to. And unfortunately, there are so many people that are also in the same situation where like 
you were saying it makes your blood boil like hearing this story i feel exactly the same way because i watched it happen to people Mm -hmm. because i worked with a lot of like the leadership and i would see it happen to people that are like my same rank and, and i'm like there's no way like there's no i see actually see all these numbers of where you need a man people <laughs> you're right. gonna be okay <laughs> and i'm like and yeah. if they actually all knew this story like if everybody you were working with knew the story of what was happening at your home with your newborn and your wife like me personally i'd be like go like i don't even care like i'm already tired mm-hmm. and if this is happening to you like i want to support you because I couldn't imagine it happening to myself and not having that support and being right. approached in the way that you did. I'm I'm so sorry to hear that. And I just want to just validate your feelings and validate your anger. It's so like unfortunate that somehow all these leaders think it's that toxic environment that you're saying that this is the way that I have to command authority and get stuff done and, right. you know, I'm like, no, like actually the people that you're commanding are actually keyword people. They're humans. And I'm like exactly. with families. And like you were saying, you're, you're younger. Uh, you are still dealing with all this new um, environment change with joining the military, being in a new place, being away from your family. And now you have even more responsibility with your own family and then with your job description and then, so it sounds to me like you were consistently being approached with new objectives as far as, you know, transferring to a different location, to a new ship, to a new environment. So it, it kind of just seemed like it was one thing after another. And yeah. I'm glad that you touched on the food intake because I think that's <laughs> also another thing that's not talked about a lot because, yeah. first of all, for anybody who's not in the military, the eating environment is like insane because like Jason said, you're working like 12 hours a day. Like you don't have any time to yourself. And then obviously you have to eat in the short times that you do have. So right. it's just a constant trying to eat when you can. And I was wondering if you could maybe explain a little bit more about how people were eating around you. And then how you eat around other people, because I think maybe a lot of people don't know how eating can also affect your mental well-being. Now, are you talking about like just like eating like in general or like when being on the ship and, well, you know, like I think, other people were? I think being on the ship because you're closer to people, you're, and you said you would go home and eat, but would you try to be more aware of like people watching you eat or or like say if we're like hey we're gonna go order something yeah now i feel comfortable that i can eat whatever they're eating too you know what i mean okay now okay now i see what you're saying yeah i felt um especially once i noticed that i was gaining weight Mm -hmm. it was like you know it wasn't even a lot of weight but like you can tell like you know you know yourself and once i felt like okay my shirts are starting to fit a little tighter I hated eating around people because I just, you know, again, with the anxiety and I always felt like they're watching me eat, you know, they're, they're judging me They They probably think like, man, he's letting himself go. And like, just that stuff in general would just get to me. And um, I would just grab my food and just go into the corner somewhere inside of uh, the galley 
and just eat standing up as far and instead of just you know going sitting down and relaxing Mm because just because i didn't want people to see me i don't want people to see how i eat or even think that you know like i'm eating bad or anything like that and i guess people eating around me um it was just a a mixture of like i guess like it's it's a little the same i guess you know like i would see people you know some big old bulky dudes you know and they're eating you know their you know their salads and and you know their proteins and they'll have you know so that way they can stay like that and i'd be like damn like you know he has it figured out why can't i why do i why am i over here in the corner just eating you know and so that affected me too just seeing how people were eating right around me and you know just keeping up with themselves and then here i am just in a corner somewhere just standing up and just stuffing my face yeah i hear you um i've definitely been there and i definitely have struggled with uh, my relationship as with food as well and those thoughts and those examples that you point out i think are myself and the audience is going to be able to relate to food is such a interesting relationship especially if you have that type of anxiety about eating food and eating around people and it just can really like you said it can sneak up on you that like these are my habits around food and this is these are my thoughts but when they're not identified it kind of just keeps on rolling and then it's not even until the point that you notice it until you notice like your clothes fitting differently or or your body's moving differently transitioning now so you have your family, they're back in Nebraska, you're in mm-hmm. this new environment, you know, you're on the ship, you still and basically haven't addressed the initial feelings of moving out there on your own and, and just acknowledging all the new things that you've been exposed to and where you're the point at you're at now. Can you lead us to kind of like, was there a moment of change that you realized, okay, I have to do something about this. I have to um, make a transition or get a hold on or grasp on whatever is going on with me. Yeah, um, I was, um, I would say, I think maybe late 2019, I believe, is when um, I got off the ship because of my mental health issues. Like I it was enough was enough after a while. And I just went and I went to the HM's office and told him like, Hey, like, I'm not okay. You know, I'm not okay. You know, you know, I'm having these thoughts and that's where I guess it started. They ended up uh, that same day. Once I told them what I was feeling, you know, they drove me out to Portsmouth and they were going to uh, have me, uh, you know, stay there in the, in their, I can't remember what floor it was but where they keep all their, you know, their mental health patients. And mm-hmm. I was supposed to stay there for two weeks. And I got seen by a doctor and everything. And, um, the, you know, they put the robe on me and, you know, the the socks, you know, like everything out. Like, I felt like I was like, okay, they took my phone. They took my belongings. I'm like, okay, this is, this is it. Like, I'm going to get help finally. I remember right before they took my phone, I, I texted my brother and I let him know. I'm like, hey. Like, cause way before even then, they never knew, you know, I was having these thoughts or anything like that. And even now they still kind of don't, but my brother, I mean, growing up, he was just kind of always, 
you know, he's, he's my brother. It's kind of like, you know, like your twin, yeah. you know, it's like, that's kind of who I I grew up with him. Like he's, he's the one that knows me the most. And I remember texting him like, Hey, I'm okay. I'm just letting you know, like I'll probably be gone for like two weeks. I don't know how long it's going to be. You know, I'm just getting seen. And I think I didn't expect much from him. Cause like, I mean, like I said, we were always close, but we were never like, I love you close. Like he's just kind of my brother, you know? And I remember he texted me back and saying like, yo, like just know you'll be okay. You know, you have family out here and we love you. And I remember just seeing that, like, you know, I had, you know, my game system set up and just seeing all my fast food cups just everywhere. Yeah. Just know we love you. You know, like just take care of yourself. That kind of, even now I kind of like, I, I still can't believe it. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. you know, like, and once they took my phone, whatever, I was ready. I'm like, okay, yeah. Text my wife. I told her. I mean, she knew I was going the whole way. I was texting her. I'm like, I'm I'm gonna be gone. You know, I'll see you guys in a bit. But they ended up not taking me because they didn't have room. Wow. And if they would have taken me in, I would have stayed in this little. It's almost like a cell. It's like a little little room, and I I would have been sleeping on a little bench till whenever a room opens up so i said you know what no i'd rather just go back to my family like i'll I'll just go so i never received help that day instead i just went home and i kind of just left it at that i just kept doing my same old routine and then just waiting on orders and see where i was going to go next and same thing i just kept kind of stuffing my face and fast forward to about 2020 2021 i believe i'm now almost 100 pounds heavier than what i was before and it was just it was just dark times you know like again again i'm by myself you know my my wife and my kid would come and visit every once in a while but it was kind of hard for them to come and visit and i would just i knew something had to change because i lived in a townhouse and, you know, I had to come up some steps, you know, just to get to my room upstairs. And it's maybe like, it's not a lot of steps. It is maybe 15 steps to get up to my room. And I'd be up by like the 10th step and I'd be just completely out of air. You know, I'd be hunched over and I'm like, you know, I couldn't walk. I'd like be dragging my feet to get to my bed and I'd go and I'd lay on my bed and I'd just have just food everywhere, just trash. And I just it was just gone to a point where I, you know, I looked around and I, and I knew something had to change. You know, I said to myself, you know, if I keep living like this, I'm not going to live long enough to see my, you know, my daughter grow up or my son now grow up. So right then and there, I remember I just, I just told myself that, you know, I would seek help. You know, and I, and I did, I tried seeking help. I, you know, I went to start, I started seeing therapy and I went to therapy. I started seeing, you know, a therapist, but that didn't help either just because it was a Navy appointed therapist. Yeah. And at the time it's not something I needed to hear, but, yeah. um, you know, I was seeing him over the course of a few months and, you know, I hadn't started working out yet. So again, I was still gaining weight as I was seeing him. And I remember one of the last visits I went and I seen him and, you know, he got me into his room and he looked me up and down 
and again like i said at the time i didn't think i needed to hear it mm-hmm. but he looked me up and down he said he says damn i think you need to start losing some weight <laughs> and you know like again like i'm over here dealing with mental health you know like really? my anxiety and my depression this yes i said he, you know at the time oh, well like i'm like dude you don't think i know that like you just made yeah. he just made me feel bad but now that i think about it i'm like it's the harsh reality you know it's it's mm-hmm. the truth that i needed to hear yeah but at the time i was like man i don't need this bullshit and i just stopped i'm like therapy's not for me it didn't work and i kind of just stopped it at that just because of that one comment yeah so yeah after that that's i mean again i i went maybe a few more months kept binge eating like that and then um i had a i had a a close friend of mine he passed away and it was super close i you know all through high school it was just it would be me him and another guy it was just kind of like the three stooges we just do everything together mm. you know and i remember he'd always you know message me and talk about like hey man like when you get out like we're gonna hang out we're gonna do this we're gonna do that Aww. and i remember waking up one day to my other friend that we would hang out with and he called me and he told me and i thought he was just joking you know because he likes to mess around like that and say stupid stuff and once i found out that it was it was true like that hurt like it was something that that hurt really bad like it just it took everything from me you know and i still had to work that that day and i remember just being on watch and not wanting to be there um just crying all day I remember just crying and crying and just, you know, wishing I could have done done something. Just kind of replaying, like, damn, what was our last conversation like? Like, I wish when I came down to visit, I would gone, you know, another to the other city in Lincoln and and hung out with them a few times. And but I didn't. And it was just kind of a lot of stuff that played into it. After that, I not only started eating even more, but I started drinking, Mm. you know. And I started drinking a little bit every day and just to kind of numb everything. Cause not only, you know, am I dealing with stuff over here, but now like I just lost a good friend. So it just, it sucked. And I remember just after a while I came down to visit, it was around, I want to say, um, it was December because I remember it was for my birthday. It was uh, one of the pictures that I posted. That was my last time that I visited down here when I was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And that's when my dad, too, he uh, he talked to me. And that was another thing that growing up, I didn't really, you know, he, my dad gave me a lot of life lessons and he gave me a lot of advice, but he never really talked to me, you know, yeah. just kind of like to make me feel better i guess you know and he talked to me about my friend passing away and like just the way i was living you know and he told me you like you need to you need to change too because again the same thing that i said you're not going to be around long enough if you just keep going the route that you're going Mm -hmm. and after that new year's that's when i really started to to work out and really I told myself I would be better, you know, I'm 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 going to be here for my kids. And sure enough, here I am. You know, now 
a whole, like I said, a whole hundred and more pounds later. And it's something I never thought I would see ever again. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. First off, I'm so sorry for your loss. Three Musketeers is kind of like, um, <laughs> like the word that comes to mind. Um, yeah. I also lost a friend who was my third Musketeer. Right. And, um, yeah, I think I can relate to that sunken heart that you feel and not being able to control or know that it's true or right. just manage any of those emotions. And on top of that, having to go to work, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry yeah. that, you know, things that come up like this, you know, we hope that we can be in a place where all we have to think of is how to even start a grief process. Right. So again, I'm I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry um, of having an unavailable time to start grieving your friend, especially just taking off work. And I can understand how it feels being somewhere where you don't want to be, especially being on watch where... Yeah. You, it's only you stuck with your own thoughts and that can be just challenging in itself, especially what was going on with you at the time. And I just have so much compassion for you and your feelings are valid for just understanding, like you had so much pressure on yourself. And, and one thing that we talk about a lot on our podcast is giving yourself grace and I think that's something that's not talked about a lot because like you mentioned before, um, like I grew up in a similar background. We never really talked about feelings or emotions or even you were saying you didn't even get comfort in the way of validating your feelings or your emotions until something so tragic um, right. happened that was traumatizing to you. So you were there in Norfolk processing, trying to process what was going on. And then you're starting, you know, it's this drink, you're continuing to eat. And the thing about this, if you've never been in the situation, is that it's really easy to do when, you know, you go home to your own room and you're in your own, you know, not a community because... Right. Like you said, you're away from family. Like nobody's here to say, hey, you shouldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. But you did have those few people, even though they didn't say it in the nicest way right. um, of, hey, you need to check yourself and blah, blah, blah. But I think that's such an inspiring thing that you said actually about. So twice you were actually looking to get help because you knew you know, I've never talked about my emotions. I never talked about my feelings, but I know my body and my mind aren't feeling right right now. Right. And um, one thing that we like to push a lot in our resources page is types of therapy, counseling, even outside of the military and how to get help in that regard, whether it's in or off your record. Right. Um, and then, so you were saying, I don't even care if it's on my record or not. I just want to get help. And I think an important thing to note is that even though you were seeing a doctor, 
CN counselor very consistently. Um, mm -hmm. may, I may say three months is a long month because that's mm -hmm. the average amount of sessions through any type of counseling process right. when you're trying to uh, resolve an issue that you're trying to handle and you decide it's not for you and then you continue to eat and now we're at the point where you've lost your friend and you go home and then you have that talk with your dad. Can you take us through, because I'm sure there was a lot of things going through your head and I know there were before you got home, but now you're at the point when you're talking with your dad of you're not only saying it in your head, you're saying it out loud. Right. So what kind of thoughts came through your head and what was your response and your feelings or bodily reactions? Because I know when you feel certain reactions, it also withholds in some places in your body. Right. Uh, so would you mind uh, just telling us a little bit about what you experienced when you had that talk? Um, yeah, I, I mean, the way I responded, you know, was I didn't know how to respond because again yeah. you know this is something that I didn't really get a lot of growing up you know so it's like it kind of like blew me back like oh like this is finally happening like you know I'm 23 years old and like how do you react yeah. um so I mean my initial response was I really didn't say anything I just sat there and you know just kept bobbing my head and kept telling him like, yeah, like, I know, I know. Yes. You know, you just, you know, your common answers. I just kept saying like, yes. Okay. But the whole time inside I'm over here, like, that's kind of what woke me up mm -hmm. because you know, if I didn't hear anything growing up and I'm hearing it now, it, that must mean something, you know, it must like, he, he must know, he must, you know, a, a parent knows his child yeah. you know so he he must have saw a lot of hurt and he knew I wasn't like that you know that's not me so I think that's what made him want to speak out and I think he just again like me he wanted to see me live a long life you know, for as far as he can and he wanted to see me be there for my kids yeah so Initially, my physical response was I just put my head down and just kept saying yes. But inside, I was just kind of like, this is what I needed. You know, like mm -hmm. that one talk was worth more than all these the sessions of counseling and everything, you know. Mm -hmm. And even now, you know, even though it was a really, really dark time and it's so hard to remember a lot of it because it feels like it's just a blur. Yeah. You know, it was a really dark time, but I'm glad. I'm really glad I went through that because it taught me a lot about myself. It, I feel like it strengthened me a lot. You know, my mind, I feel like I can just conquer just about anything. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but I feel like, I mean, it really did bring me and my family a lot closer. Yeah. Just because I think they saw, I mean, not only my dad, but, you know, my mom and my siblings, they all saw like, like, damn, like he is going through some stuff. We should kind of be there for each other. And I mean, now it's like, you know, I visit them and every day and we have, we'll, we'll talk and 
just about anything. You know, I, I feel like I can talk to them about anything, which is something I couldn't have said for the last 23 years of my life. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Just that's such a pivotal moment. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it's hard to hear like all the pain and suffering and, and sacrifice that you went through in order to get to that point of, of really being able to click with something that was a turning point for yourself. Um, and sometimes it is hearing it from a certain person that we really love and value, uh, their opinions and, and their response, like, you know, hearing it from somebody you love, especially during a time right. where it's so, um, difficult and challenging, like a lot of people don't think they know what to say or like how to make someone feel better, but it's like being able to talk with a loved one about what you're struggling with can really just open up a lot of doors and open up that communication. Like you were saying, um, how you can now feel more comfortable and it's a stepping stone of building the habit of, okay, I wasn't able to do this growing up. This happened and you know, this was the response and what I was going through. And now even I know now, no matter what place I'm in, I can open up to my family, open to my loved ones and build that habit of, hey, this is what I'm going through. You don't have to say anything uh, if you want to, but I just want to let you guys know because I love you. Um, right. So going into... Your amazing journey, your fitness journey. Right. I'm so proud of you. Thank I'm so you. excited for you. Um, you know, I just saw your fight the other day, and um, it's just inspiring. Like I just, I get so excited about when people have passion for, especially a physical sport, of being able to channel certain emotions or you know, um, passion emotions and putting it all to one and, and just, um, finding a place for, to escape and just really connect with the community. So self-awareness helps us a lot of the times just start to question ourselves in a way where we can kind of redirect our habits or our patterns or our decisions. Right. And in order to get to where you are now, you obviously had to change a lot of things of what you're doing physically and how you're eating and what you're surrounding yourself with. Um, can you take us through that path of what things you started to incorporate? What ways do you think you were thinking or how you use self-awareness in order to start your physical and mental journey? Honestly the one of the main things that helped me the way i responded or how i really started to like really get into you know my my physical appearance i don't recommend it you know to people mm -hmm. and you know it's not for everybody but i would literally look at myself in the mirror and just you know just say my thoughts out loud and i mean there were bad thoughts because you know i would look at myself and be like you know, you are like just everything that I would hear, you know, other people say like, okay, yeah, you are, you know, you are getting fat, you are fat, you know, and I would just kind of, you know, say, say everything, what, what I look, what I was looking at is what I would say, you know, um, in my head, you know, I was calling myself, you know, I'm like, man, I am fat. I know I'm fat, you know, I'm just, 
lazy. I'm doing this. And I would say, I'd look at myself in the mirror and I would say it. And that'd kind of be like my pre-workout. Like, okay, I'd say all those words. I'd look in the mirror. I'm like, but I'm going to change it. And I'd go and like that kind of fired me up. Like one thing about me is I really love proving people wrong. Yeah. And so I remember just hearing, you know, it's not like I wouldn't hear people talk about me sometimes, you know, a lot of times I'd imagine it, but there'd be times where, you know, you do hear it. And I just wanted to prove everyone wrong. Um, and that's like my main thing. So I remember just, I started off, I would go to the gym and, you know, I was really big. So I said, okay, I'm going to put on muscle first. And all I would do was just, just strictly lift. And in my head, I was like, you know, I, I, it's one of the things I've never done in my life is write things down and do what I'm going to do. Like, I guess like almost like a journal, yeah. you know, and I'd write it down on my phone in my notes and, you know, I'd, I'd put a goal for a month like okay for this month i'm gonna work out x amount of times you know i'm gonna do this and i want to weigh this much by the end of the month and by each month you know say for month one i wanted to weigh 270 pounds i'd go and weigh myself and i'd be 265 next month I okay i want to be 240 i'd be 235 you know, I, I was constantly beating what I was setting myself mm-hmm. up for. And that drove me even more, you know, because I didn't see the results right away. But just knowing that I was seeing it, you know, you know, I just knowing that I was overcoming more than what I expected of myself was more than enough for me. You know, like it was, I was winning every time and it was amazing, you know, and I saw, you know, halfway through my fitness journey, I, I saw my, my friend, you know, Justin Oregon, he was out here boxing and I saw that he was turning professionally and me and him go way back. You know, he was boxing around the same time as I was when we were both kids, different gyms, but that's how I knew of him. You know, when we were both younger, I knew he boxed, he knew I boxed, and that's kind of how we knew each other. So seeing as to how he was doing in that, I said, if he could do it, why can't I? You know, and it wasn't as like for like a competition wise. He, I tell him to this day, I'm like, he really inspired me a lot. You know, just seeing that, you know, how he turned his life around too. I said, I'm going to do it. And that's something I always loved. Again, like boxing was just always a part of my life. Like I I did it since I was a kid. And frankly, I was always good at it. And it was one of the only things I was pretty good at. So I, you know, I set myself up for that. And I really just invested in myself 100%. Um, I took advantage, you know, I, I didn't give myself pity anymore that my kids weren't around and that my wife wasn't there. I said, okay, you know, they're not here. I might as well just take advantage and just go to work. And that's what I did. I, you know, I would work out two, three times a day and I would meal prep. That's something I never did. You know, I was actually, you know, I went and got measuring cups for the first time and I measured my food. Like I was doing everything by the book and I saw the progress, you know, and I saw everything. And that's what made me 
just want to keep going. Wow. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Ah, so many key things that you started to incorporate. And it's funny because you look back on it now and you're like, wait, I didn't even realize like yeah. how that small change actually made a big change. Right. Uh, first thing, writing things down, especially having, um, I liked yeah. how you use a monthly goal. Um, yes. That was, I think, especially like women get so caught up in, okay, this week I'll do this and this week I'll do that. And uh, we kind of just think about the short term and right. even though it, it isn't a, a nece uh, necessarily a long term, a month is still a good amount of time. Right. And so one thing I always like to say is don't uh, underestimate what can happen in a year. And obviously you having those monthly goals is helping you just even slowly build that confidence of accomplishing a goal, which I feel is so important when it comes to physical um, goals, but also um, like physical or sorry, mental confidence when you are saying one thing and you're actually completing it, you're building a confidence within yourself. In your head, I'm determined to do this and you're taking action to do everything to get it done. Yeah. But then you get it done and you're actually doing better than you thought you were doing. So you're like, right. okay. And I'm like, what's next? And kind of like you were saying, it was just like a trickle effect of doing the same type of goal setting, but it was actually getting you further to things um, than you actually even anticipated it. And it wasn't like you were, okay, by this long-term time, I want to lose this amount of weight and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Being able to do that in a short time, I think with having the awareness now is like, okay, I feel good that I did this yeah. and it's actually um, helping your self-esteem. You're slowly changing the way that you think about accomplishing your goals because um, you were saying you didn't want to basically rely on any excuses that you may have felt that you were relying on before. Right. And I think just being able to start there and grow, which is why I love having the example of a fitness journey and a mental health journey, because right. uh, you're simultaneously doing both at the same time, yeah. uh, sometimes subconsciously, which is great. And, and I'm so happy that you were able to connect back with an older community of other boxers and another boxing gym and just getting back into the sport of, right. you know, muscle memory and, and being able to incorporate it into your, your goal setting and just being in that new environment in general. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to once they're taking new steps and it can be kind of scary, you know, trying to do it all at once yeah. and rather than, um, okay, I'm going to start with this and then new opportunities present themselves, which is amazing. And, and I'm excited to, well, I'm excited for you, but I'm also excited for our listeners to hear that because that is such a common thing, especially uh, in the fitness world and industry, like your journey is your own and you can go at your own pace. And exactly. as long as you value you know, your goals and what you want to get out of the workout. Like it could be anything that's good for you. So 
there's so much we went through today and I'm so thankful that you went on this call and that we just even had this opportunity to connect and we actually have so much in common. So I, I'm, I'm definitely grateful to be able to just be here with you right now. And I guess I kind of want to just ask during your transition, I guess mostly now. So, um, where you stand now, because you found your community, you've lost a goal weight and now you have new ambitions and it's just going to continue to grow. And I'm so proud of you. Um, what are some of other coping mechanisms that you think that you use now um, that you didn't use before, even, even like six months ago? Um, is there anything that you do besides working out or incorporate for your mind as, as well as your body? Um, honestly, like I'm a quiet guy, but I'm really super goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just love to laugh. So, I mean, I'll watch, you know, like, you know, stand-up shows or just like in my free time, that's what I like to do. Even when I'm running, I'll be listening or I'll be watching, you know, like some stand-up or anything, you know, just yeah. something that makes me laugh because it brings me joy, you know, obviously being around my kids now and like, you know, playing with them and seeing as just watching how much I like, you know, they're they're like my little twins, both of them, Aww. like, you know, so just seeing them like. That's another thing. Honestly, I mean, even still now, food, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, food is still, like, I love food. And I'm, you know, hey, um, I'll too, have hey. my cheat meals every <laughs> now and then. But, um, like, my healthy meals, I like them. You know, it's not like I'm going to just be bland and just, you know, I've learned, especially being a CS, like, over time, like, I've learned how to make things fun. So, you know, I mean, I like to cook. You know, I, as long as it's something that I want to cook, you know, when I was yeah. a Sierra, like I didn't want to cook half the stuff. So, yeah, you know, but definitely um, laughing. That's just something that I, it, it, I love it. If you can make me laugh, I'm just going to have fun all day. Love that. <laughs> and there's like, I think you're like also like describing just like bliss moments throughout your life and like what you're exposed to. Um right. And just community in general, like being around people who want to make you laugh or just want to see you happy and just enjoy time with you. And I think that's very special. And thank you for sharing that. As we wrap up here and um, I'll go more into detail about those um, types of therapy that I recommended previously in this episode, but uh, we like to ask, so I know where you left, where you stand in therapy, but would you recommend it to others? And like, what do you think that you did benefit from that? Absolutely. Um, hundred percent. I think just because it didn't work for me that it wouldn't work for someone else, mm-hmm. you know, even then, you know, like, I think one of the main things that I got from my little therapy sessions, I won't make it long, but, um, he, you know, I was comparing my life to how other people were living and that's one of the main things he you know um, my counselor at the time told me was you can't live your life I guess like attached to someone else's you know like you said earlier you gotta you gotta pave your own road and whether it takes a day a week or years you know it's you know everyone has you, you gotta take your time really at the end of the day and if someone thinks therapy is gonna work for them I think it I think it would I think it benefit everyone, you know, whether it's just 
small little conversation that you have you might you know pick little bits and pieces from from one conversation or from one session or you might have it for however long you know years you know some i know some people just you know they go and they let their stuff out like even now like this is my first time i feel like this is almost like a little therapy session because this is my first time i've talked (laughs) about it since way then and this helps because i mean at the beginning of of this call i was jittery and i was shaking you know i had my anxiety but right now i'm more calm as to you know hearing some of your stories too like it just mellows me out knowing that i'm not the only one mm-hmm. you know and yeah so again grateful to have you on the show and just to listen to your experiences i think myself obviously i value them a lot and you know our audience is going to really connect with the things that you went through within your service being a father and just finding a new way of outlet for your physical health and your mental health and just building relationships all around you. Um, So thank you again for coming on the show. Again, a lot of times we forget to tell ourselves to give ourselves some grace. So I want to give you some grace, Jason. You've been through a lot. Your feelings are validated and everything you went through. I, I have so much compassion and I'm so proud of where you are today as a friend and as a supporter of your journey. Um, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this up, but thank you for joining us. And that's all guys. <laughs> all right. We'll catch you, you later. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye. Do you have any friends that are active duty military that may be seeking to get help but are afraid it's going to be documented on their military record? I want to introduce our favorite resource through Military One Source. They will actually connect you with an outside therapist who can provide 12 free counseling sessions that are not documented on your military record. And this referral is actually recommended from, believe it or not, my past XO. I think it's fair to say that within the military community, there's still a stigma about getting mental health treatment due to the fact that it may affect your active duty status. If this is a reason why you or someone you may know has not seeked help yet during their military service, I highly recommend I've used it myself and we're going to go ahead and link the information in the bio. And again, thank you guys for joining the show today.